Hello, and welcome to the Dr. Jocker's Functional Nutrition Podcast, the show designed to give you science-based solutions to improve your health and life. I'm Dr. David Jockers, doctor of natural medicine, chiropractor, and functional nutrition practitioner, and I'm the host of this podcast. I'm here to tell you that your body was created to heal itself, and on this show, we focus on strategies you can apply today to heal and function at your best. I'm excited about today's podcast, but before we jump in, I wanted to remind you to download this month's special gift at drjockersgift.com. From keto meal plans, smoothie recipes, to fasting quick start guides, we have a new complimentary gift every single month. To get your gift, simply visit drjockersgift.com. That's D-R-J-O-C-K-E-R-S-G-I-F-T.com. Thanks for spending time with me, and let's go into the show. This podcast has been brought to you by Paleo Valley. They are one of my favorite companies because their products are super pure, full of incredible ingredients. And I want to tell you about their meat sticks. They have 100% grass-fed beef, pasture-raised turkey meat sticks that my family and I love. My kids love these because they have tons of flavor. They're completely free of carbs and sugar, and they have probiotics in them as well. So they're great for your gut, great for supporting your appetite, your satiety levels. They help you uh, feel satiated, and they help you burn fat for fuel. They're gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free, GMO-free, and preservative-free. So they are the top of the line. They've got some great flavors that you will absolutely love. And now you can use my coupon code, Jockers, just my last name, J-O-C-K-E-R-S, to get 15% off your order today. Simply go to their website, paleovalley.com, and enter Jockers at checkout, and you'll receive 15% off your entire purchase. The link and discount code are also available in the show notes of today's episode. Once you try these meat sticks, you won't be able to get enough. I mean, my kids love these, my family loves these, and I know you will as well. So try them out, Paleo Valley, and I know you're gonna love them. Well, hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. So many of you guys have been asking about skin health. And so we're gonna talk about acne in this podcast. You guys are gonna get so much good quality information about this. We're gonna talk about the root cause factors that um, cause skin irritation and acne. Uh, We're gonna talk about the best foods, the foods you need to avoid, the best foods to consume, key nutrients that you need to be on the lookout for. We're gonna talk about some functional testing that can help you understand the root cause of skin issues like acne. And so I've got my friend, Dr. Shana Peter. She's a functional medicine doctor and holistic dermatology specialist. She's helped hundreds who've tried everything for their skin problems. She's been left feeling frustrated, helpless, and hopeless. She is the founder of Well Ahead Chicago, a functional medicine practice offering health consulting and educational resources for people of unresolved skin conditions. Dr. Peter is the author of It's Not Just Acne. Really good book, guys. We're going to talk a lot about this book, but a really great book. It's Not Just Acne. And she's been published in the Journal of American Academy of Dermatology, and she's spoken about holistic health on numerous stages, including Chicago Women Magazine and the American Diabetes Association. So, Dr. Peter, welcome to the to the podcast. Hi, Dr. David. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be joining in on this conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's start by just talking about your book. What was the inspiration for writing this? Yeah, so... What led me to writing the book, um, so it was really inspired by the exact same principles that I use in my practice to help people that have been struggling with acne and want to heal from the inside out. Um, And so I wanted to put the book out there. I was looking at books on acne and I didn't really see any books that really delved into functional medicine that really help people to understand, you know, how it can help them, um, what 
all holistic medicine has available that can help them not just to treat acne, but really get to the underlying cause. And you, you and I both know acne is such a huge problem. Yeah. Um, about 80% of the population between the onset of puberty and uh, age 30 deal with acne at some point. So it's a huge, huge issue. And I wanted to make the information accessible to people. And um, even seeing people in my practice, even if I'm working with them one-on-one, -on -one, the book um, is a great reference for them to help reinforce a lot of the things that I'm teaching them. Um, I am someone who struggled with acne, so I know the struggle. Um, I started my career, you know, on the conventional path of dermatology. And um, while I was in medical school, I really started struggling with acne for the first time in my life. And, you know, so that was the irony there. Yeah. And I went through a lot of what conventional medicine had to offer, you know, the antibiotics, you know, different medications, topical medications, the skincare, the aesthetic treatments, all of those things. And, you know, um, none of it gave me any lasting relief. So if I noticed some relief, you know, the minute I stopped it, it came back. So at that point, I knew that the root cause wasn't really being addressed. Mm. Um, and so while I was dealing with that on a personal level, I was in medical school at the same time. So I was also seeing <laughs> patients with acne yeah. with, you know, all the way from mild to severe acne, you know, seeing the options that were available to them, dealing with their parents. And a lot of the parents had a lot of really, you know, serious and valid concerns about their kids being put on birth control. Mm. These like Accutane with a lot of very serious side effects. And they wanted to know, you know, what else, what other alternatives were available to them. So <laughs> that's kind of the backstory yeah. behind the book and how I got into functional medicine. Yeah, yeah, for mm -hmm. sure. Well, you know, it's always interesting when somebody has gone through the experience and kind of has a pain mm -hmm. to purpose story where they've uh, mm -hmm. dealt with the challenge, the health challenge that they then become an expert in because they've walked mm -hmm. down that path. And would you say that the three most prescribed medications for acne are antibiotics, birth control pills, and um, What's the other one? Uh, like a synthetic vitamin A, is that correct? Accutane. Yeah, Accutane, yeah. right? I would add in spironolactone too. L let's go into like what the medical profession, before we get into functional medicine, what they're thinking when they think about acne and why they treat with those things. So it's funny because, you know, on some level in conventional medicine, it is being acknowledged that it's you know, uh, an internal issue, especially if it's yeah. more severe. So the spironolactone is meant to modulate hormones and um, mm. lots of testosterone. Right. Um, the Accutane is meant to, so it's a synthetic form of vitamin A, so it's meant to control the sebum production. Yeah. Um, the antibiotics are meant to deal with bacterial overgrowth. Right. Because there's like typically uh, like some sort of infection at the skin level, mm -hmm. right? That's yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, and internally, yeah, that ends up expressing itself through the skin. Yeah. Now let's talk about the root cause factors that we're looking at in functional mm -hmm. medicine that contribute to acne. Yeah, so um, there can be a lot of them. So that's one of the reasons why acne can be so difficult to treat sometimes because yeah. it is very multifactorial and people a lot of times are, you know, and it's not their fault. We've been conditioned to think about acne as being a matter of, you know, using the right skincare products, you know, unless it's very severe. Um, so some of the key uh, root causes that I like to look into are going to obviously be things like nutritional deficiencies. So that's one of, you know, hmm. first things that I like to look at, you know, and I'm always reminding people, you know, nutrition is the foundation of health. We've all heard yeah. that, right? That's right. So um, that, that's one of the chapters in the book where I go through some of the key nutritional deficiencies. So I, I couldn't go through go into all of them, but I tried to pick the key ones that I see the most commonly in people that are suffering from acne. So things like uh, vitamin A deficiency, yeah. vitamin D, zinc, um, B6, chromium, mm. 
things along those lines, um, you know, very common patterns in people that have acne. So of course, if you want to have, you know, a long-term resolution, you've got to address those things. So you don't want right. to just keep using skincare and ignoring something, you know, fundamental like that. Yeah, those nutrients are really key. I would also add maybe omega threes, and I know you talked about that in the book as well. Yeah, right? yeah getting healthy definitely. fats in. Yep. Yeah, omega threes are huge for you know bringing down inflammation and also yeah um, helping to control the sebum project production so that the sebum is not too viscous and clogging right. the pores. Yeah. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. So nutritional deficiencies, that's one of the big root cause factors. What are the other things? Yeah, so gut health is going to be a huge mm. factor. Yeah. Um, so gut health is obviously very broad. So I'm going to try to break that down you know, for your audience um, so they're following. So certainly um, bacteria. So, you know, derangements in the gut microbiome. So things yeah. like bacterial overgrowth, fungal overgrowth. Uh, parasite, even parasite infections um, can all uh, be problematic and yeah. then set the stage for things like leaky gut. So that's, you know, mm. really trendy topic these days. And yeah. for those who aren't familiar with that term, leaky gut is when the intestinal barrier is compromised. So um, the barrier between the digestive tract and the bloodstream is not as strong as it should be. So these large molecules are able to travel through and cause um, inflammation throughout the body. So yeah. that can be um, a huge factor for people. Um, and that can lead to food sensitivity. So both of those things. Yeah. So the leaky sure. gut, um, derangements, imbalances in the gut microbiome can trigger food sensitivity. So um, another way of causing inflammation. Uh, yeah. So that's really what it boils down to, you know, is uh, figuring out where the inflammation is coming from, from mm. a lot of different angles. And obviously hormone balance is going to be a factor. So yeah. a lot of times that's what people think of first you know, it's, I've got something wrong with my hormones. And mm. a lot of time that's true. But um, what I try to help people understand is how uh, all of the different ways that um, our hormones impact other parts of the body and vice versa. Right. Because right, if you have high testosterone, mm -hmm. right, whether you're a man or a woman, there's a reason for that. There's a, there's a root right. cause of that. Like with women, we see that with insulin resistance and PCOS. Exactly. And you talk about that in the book, you know, with men, it, it could be an insulin issue as well. It could be obviously, you know, steroids that they're taking or something along those lines that can be a factor. Um, so there's root causes for those hormone imbalances and, and we got to get to those root causes. Yeah, exactly. So that's the part that's missing a lot of times with conventional medicine is they just, you know, try to regulate the hormone in some way and yeah. don't address the, the cause. Yeah. That's why they'll give like birth control, right? Exactly. Something along those lines. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Um, so you also talk a lot about the liver too, in, in the book as one of the key factors, yeah. toxins and the liver. Yeah, so um, toxins in the liver can be um, a major factor. So as far as identifying root causes, that's not something that I always test for directly. I usually look mm -hmm. for other markers that you know may suggest that there's some um, liver dysfunction. Uh, but that's an area where you know we all have to be conscious. You yeah. know, we live in an environment. Uh, where we're just going to be exposed to toxins quite a bit. And right. so we have to be very diligent to um, minimize our, our toxic load and our toxic exposure as much as we can. And especially with skincare, um, a lot of times if people are using a lot of skincare products to treat a skin condition like acne, they're using all these different products and the ingredients may not be the best. You know, it can be a lot of chemicals. Um, in a lot of the products that um, contribute to our toxic load and can get into the bloodstream, mimic hormones, and, you know, stress out the liver, put more stress on the liver, and um, contribute to that hormone imbalance. So it can be, you know, like this forward feeding cycle. 
Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And so, you know, another big factor that, that I've seen as well, and there's some research mm-hmm. on this, is low stomach acid. So people yes. not being able to produce enough stomach acid, which can lead to nutrient deficiencies, mm-hmm. can also lead to infections in the gut. Mm-hmm. And there's definite association between that and acne. So go even going back to talking about... Um, uh, the gut and imbalances in the gut microbiome, a lot of time, the overgrowth, it can set the stage for right. low stomach acid. Yep. Yeah. And so if that's not um, corrected, even if a person, you know, takes digestive enzymes, they, if you don't get to the root of, you know, why the low stomach acid is there, why the low digestive function is there, then you're not going to be able to resolve it. For sure. What do you like to do to get to the root cause? Like what, what sort of labs do you like to see? Uh, any other sort of testing that you like to do? Yeah. So for labs, I'm a big, I'm a huge fan of, of checking nutritional deficiencies. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, people that see me and know me, they, they know that I think that that's so foundational and there's so much information that you can extrapolate from that you know, about the way that other organ systems are functioning. Yeah. Which, um, which test do you like to use for that? So I use different ones. I've probably used the spectra cell the longest. Mm. But the I've micronutrient test, yeah. Mm-hmm. Spectra cell, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Yeah, it's a good lab. Looks for a lot of things. Yeah, I love that one. Um, some other tests. I'm a big fan of checking for leaky gut. Yeah. For checking for a leaky gut, um, using blood tests, um, and for a few reasons, and I kind of touched on that a little bit in the book, um, checking for uh, lipopolysaccharide, so mm. antibodies to yeah. um, lipopolysaccharide, one of the toxins that's produced by a lot of the bad bacteria in the yeah. gut. I'm really a fan of using that because it can give us, you know, information about both things. So if there's, uh, if the intestine is compromised and then if there's a lot of bacterial overgrowth, typically you'll see that. So mm-hmm. I find that to be, um, yeah, just a lot, a wealth of information, you yeah. know, from both of those. Um, I'm definitely a fan of checking hormones, um, what testing do you like to use for hormones? Do you do the Dutch test? Do you do salivary? Yeah, I, I've used them both. I love okay, the yeah. Dutch, but I've used them. Yeah, I've used all of them. I've done serum. I've yeah. done um, some of the more general saliva tests, and I've used the Dutch yeah. as well. So for the listeners there, the Dutch is a dried urine test for comprehensive hormones. That's kind of what mm-hmm. it that means, Dutch, D-U-T-C-H. Uh, we do offer that on drjockers.com. Also, a lot of functional practitioners like Dr. Peter can help you uh, get set up with that. It's a great test. Really looks at you know your cortisol levels, how you're metabolizing cortisol, your estrogen, uh, all your different subtypes of estrogen, testosterone. Really gives a lot of good information. So that is a great test. Uh, there's also salivary adrenal hormone testing, which has been you know, used for quite a long time. Dutch is more relatively new, but a lot of practitioners are moving to, towards that because I feel like it gives, you know, like a a more wide variety of uh, of data, right? Like just a, a more broad range of data than the salivary. So I like that a lot. What are you using for uh, LPS and gut permeability? What 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 labs do you like to look at? Um, so I have used Cyrex and I have mm-hmm. used Vibrant. Okay, yeah, Cyrex Labs, which is a great lab. They they really do uh, a lot of great testing. You know what I've used as well? One, one to look at is uh, Dunwoody Labs has a oh, yeah, permeability. Just... Yeah, like histidine <laughs> in there and BAO. Mm-hmm. Yep, looks at like your mm-hmm. histamine levels and how you're metabolizing histamine, zonulin, LPS, right? All that kind of stuff. That's a good one too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're in Atlanta. That's right. Yep. So guys, just so you know, we're talking shop here. I always like talking with cutting edge functional practitioners because we get to talk about what labs we like and you guys get to listen in on this. So it's always good. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. All right. Any other labs that you're looking at with that? You're looking at blood work, like comprehensive blood analysis or anything like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm a really big fan, especially if they're local. I like to run those things, you know, yeah. things like a CBC, um, right. a comprehensive metabolic panel. Um, I do like to see iron panels as well mm-hmm. uh, for the hormones. Um 
thyroid panels. Yeah. Yeah. I like to see. Are that. you looking at like fasting insulin, hemoglobin A1C? Um, mm-hmm. yeah markers. yeah so uh yeah like more of a cardio metabolic yeah 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 i love that because um you know people get their uh comprehensive metabolic panel yeah uh, when they have their um annual checkup you know most people have access to something like that and the thing about it is you know unless they're out of range they're told everything is right normal <laughs> So I like to see that so that I can look at it within the functional lens. Yeah. Um, and I like to look at some other markers so that I can get some other markers of blood sugar regulation so that I can get, look at it from different angles. Yeah. Because sometimes people can be, you know, within a decent range, but then there are other signals, you know, that uh, point to blood sugar dysregulation or the, uh, the beginning stages of insulin resistance. And what I always try to remind people is, you know, um, with those serum tests, it's just a snapshot in time. So right. if you have some other things, you can compare that, reflect a longer time period that's always beneficial. Yeah, that's really good advice. So if somebody was just getting some basic panels, let's say they were getting a complete blood count, a, a metabolic panel, <clears throat> and uh, let's say lipids and liver enzymes, Okay, that, that was all kind of be part of like their insurance, you know, and they were just getting mm-hmm. that done. If they could add five tests to that blood work, mm-hmm. right, that they could ask their doctor and their doctor would run them, mm-hmm. what would you like to see? Like, would you like to see vitamin D, yeah. insulin? What, what would be your, your... Yeah, so I would think insulin, uh, vitamin yeah. D would be part of that. Yeah, but uh, definitely insulin, uh, hemoglobin A1C. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, CRP. Yeah, they CRP. Get them to run that. Right. That's um, an inflammatory marker. So, really good, good measurement there to look at inflammation. Those would be the biggest ones that I could think of off yeah. the top that they could get with their doctor. Yeah, those would all definitely be good ones. Uh, let's mm-hmm. see. You could also run like something like a homocysteine, which kind of helps, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, see how your body's metabolizing B vitamins like B12 and folate and B6. Mm-hmm. And so that sometimes I can give like a little window in there too. So, that's a good one too. That I would add in. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. So what, let's talk about some of the top food triggers. Cause you mentioned earlier how a lot of people with acne, they're really, one of the things that's triggering and flaring them up are food sensitivities because they have mm-hmm. leaky gut, which of course is the root cause. But what mm-hmm. are the most common food triggers you're seeing? Yeah. So the most common food triggers, definitely gluten, Gluten's yeah. a huge one um, for those people who aren't familiar with the term. So typically the way gluten is um, defined, you know, it's in uh, wheat, barley, rye, uh, oats, those um, grains, you know, it's the yeah. broader definition of, um, you know, what gluten right. free is. Yeah. yeah, it's not just wheat. There are other grains, barley, rye, uh, what, is there anything else, barley, wheat? Barley, rye, it can be in, it can be cross-contaminated with oats. Um, amaranth can be another one, right? But yeah, you want to definitely make sure you're looking at going gluten-free. I think that's important. What else? Yeah, um, dairy's a huge one. Yeah. Oh yeah, huge. Dairy, yeah, especially with dairy, acne. Yeah, dairy's huge for um, a couple of different reasons. So. Um, not only is it allergenic, you know, damages the intestinal lining, that type of thing, but some of the proteins in a way, they also stimulate a hormone called insulin, like growth factor, Mm. which has been studied a lot in acne, um, that helps that, uh, provokes acne in a lot of people. And they may not necessarily show up as being sensitive to dairy, you know, on a food sensitivity test. Right. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, Sugar. Yeah, right. <laughs> sugar, anything with sugar, anything yeah. that feeds, you know, bacteria, fungi, uh, creates inflammation. It's going to be a no-no. Um, yeah. Things like alcohol um, can really be major culprits. Um, fried foods that, you know, just mm. have a lot of unhealthy oils. Yeah, bad rancid oils. Yeah, bad rancid oils that are going to contribute to throwing off that omega 
six to omega three ratio mm -hmm. that I talk a little bit about in the book. So um, that drive inflammation. So that's a huge thing that people have to be conscious of with the standard American diet is we generally don't get enough uh, healthy omega threes. Hey, I just want to take a quick moment and tell you about my new book, The Fasting Transformation. I am so excited about this book. It is a functional guide to help you burn fat, heal your body, and transform your life with intermittent and extended fasting. Fasting is the most ancient form of natural medicine. And in this book, I take you on a journey to help you understand how fasting improves your blood sugar and your insulin sensitivity, how it shuts down inflammation in your body, optimizes your hormones, turns on fat burning, and helps activate stem cells and deep cellular healing. Guys, you're gonna learn so much from this book. You can check it out, The Fasting Transformation on Amazon or on our webpage, drjockers.net forward slash fasting transformation. So check that out now. You guys are gonna love the book. And if you have a chance, leave a review on Amazon. Thanks so much. Yeah, yeah and, I would, and I would add in, you know, like basically just what you said, like those fried oils, you also have rancid fats in there, right? So not only are they high omega-6, like corn oil, soybean oil, but they're also mm -hmm. like damaged fats that that have, you know, that are highly reactive in the body, create a lot of oxidative stress and inflammation. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's also trans fats, right? So you think about like partially mm -hmm. hydrogenated vegetable oils. And then just when you cook with corn oil, you're creating trans fats, right? And so that's going to cause problems. I remember growing up, um, you know, we used to, we used to get vegetable oil because, mm -hmm. you know, we thought, well, it's vegetables, right? So right. it's healthy. Yeah. And we would cook eggs and stuff like with that. And I could almost just feel it in the air. I could like feel my skin reacting to it as a teenager, wow. even as it was just being cooked in the air. And I was just like, oh, this, I just can't even be around this. Um, and, it, and it really literally will because it's releasing free radicals. It can interact with you in the air if you're cooking with that. So really toxic stuff. And then when you're cooking, like start like like making French fries, for example, you're cooking down mm -hmm. the starch in these bad oils, and you're creating acrylamide, and you're creating like all of these other highly reactive uh, compounds that can be really damaging. So yeah, fried foods definitely a big one. Now some people react to chocolate too. Now not even mm -hmm. like high sugar chocolate, but some people will react to just like if they eat like a, like even like a baking chocolate bar or like just a lot of chocolate. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't even know if that's a food sensitivity. Is there anything in chocolate that can provoke, uh, food, uh, acne that you know of? So low sugar, well, it still has dairy, you know, some so of them. Yeah. The milk chocolate go back to, yeah. Yeah. Um, other than the dairy and the sugar, I haven't seen that a whole lot. Okay. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I know growing up, uh, my brother had acne and my mom, my mom's actually a naturopath. Um, and oh, she was, okay. she wasn't at that time, but she was like all into this stuff. She later became a naturopath. Um, mm -hmm. And she was like, that's because he keeps eating chocolate and fried foods. And so for me, it motivated me because I was like, well, I don't want to have acne. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I stopped eating a lot of that, that kind of stuff and it, and it helped. Um, yeah. So yeah, so for sure. All right. Well, let's talk about the best foods people should be focused on to help improve their yeah. skin. Yeah. So um, would I say they're like, you know, five foods that cure acne and everybody know, but, you know, are there, you know, dietary choices that people, people can make on a regular basis to make a big difference in their acne? Absolutely. Um, and what I always try to remind people of is every time you're eating, it's a chance to either fight inflammation or fuel it. So that's how I like to think of it. So when I'm thinking about foods to bring down inflammation and fight acne, I'm thinking of foods that are nutrient dense. So nutrient dense whole foods, not the junk food, not the processed stuff, but uh, nutrient dense whole foods, foods that support the liver, um, foods that are low in sugar and high in fiber to keep the blood sh uh, sugar stabilized. So 
Some examples um, could be like wild caught salmon. Uh, wild caught salmon is a great food. It's nutrient dense, um, high in omega-3s, um, active form of vitamin A, vitamin B6, vitamin D. And then it also has a really powerful antioxidant in it called mm. astaxanthin. Yeah. And so astaxanthin is the most powerful antioxidant that we know of right now. So certainly think of salmon as a great food. Um, things like green tea, yeah. high in antioxidants, um, the epigallocatechin, the EG, EGCG, yeah. it helps to lower uh, testosterone levels as well, helps mm -hmm. to regulate blood sugar. Um, so I would think of that as something as being a great food. You know, uh, Things like berries that are high in antioxidants, yeah. low in calories, kind of quench that sweet tooth. Yeah. yeah. Um, high in fiber, um, dark leafy vegetables, uh, cruciferous vegetables that are, um, you know, things like kale, cauliflower, broccoli, uh, Brussels sprouts that um, can help support liver function and help um, with healthy hormone metabolism. So those mm. are just some examples. Yeah. Good. I would also add in there avocados. Yeah, avocados, avocados actually. Is a great one. I don't know if you know this. They actually have a carbohydrate called the D-manoheptalose uh, sugar that's found in avocados. It's been shown to improve the skin epidermis and it helps boost collagen formation. Oh, that's and, a great pearl. And lots of lutein and zeaxanthin as well, which are great for the eyes, great for the skin. So yeah, really good one. Yeah. So that's why I eat an yeah. avocado a day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, those are some great pearls. I, I would add avocados as well. Yeah, for sure. Now, are you a fan of intermittent fasting? And can that be something people can do as well? Yeah, so I'm a huge fan of intermittent fasting. So, um, and it's not just acne. I talk a little bit about um, time-restricted eating yeah. um, and meal timing. So I don't think I use mm. that term specifically, but, um, you know, time-restricted eating and meal timing, that can be a form of inter intermittent fasting. Absolutely. And um, people can see a lot of improvement in their blood sugar, where, no matter where they are on the spectrum. So if they're diabetic, if they're pre-diabetic, if they have insulin resistance or just mild um, blood sugar dysregulation, that can be a really helpful tool for them. And it's easy to do um, something as simple as um, going 12 hours between your dinner and your breakfast the next day. Um, something as simple as making sure you have four, at least four hours between your meals so you're not grazing all the time. Things mm, like that can yeah. be really helpful to help manage blood sugar and it's not you know, something extra that you have to take. And one thing that I um, try to educate people a lot on is with fasting, um, intermittent fasting, um, digestion takes so much energy. It requires so much energy from the body. So anytime you can give your body a break from mm. digestion, you're stimulating your body's natural ability to heal itself because then it can divert that energy to other cellular processes, which I'm sure you talk about a lot in your book. Oh, just a little bit. Yeah. No, I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> I talk about fasting. This podcast, if anybody's been listening for any length of time, we do some in-depth, in-depth discussions all about fasting, intermittent fasting, yeah. extended fasting. Huge advocate of it. And that's really because, mm -hmm. Shannon, I don't know if I told you this in my story, but I had irritable mm -hmm. bowel syndrome in my early 20s. Mm -hmm. And, you know, intermittent fasting was really the, the mm -hmm. probably the single most important tool along with an elimination diet. Um, mm -hmm. that allowed me to regain my health, right? So, wow. uh, and I, this, I didn't even know the term. I just knew, you know, when I consult, when I compressed my feeding window uh, to like a four to five hour window, I just felt so much better. And uh, and this back in 2005, before anybody was talking wow. about that. So, yeah. yeah. So anyways, I'm a huge advocate, really like an evangelical, I'm a evangelical about intermittent and extended fasting. So we're huge on that. And I, I definitely think it's a, it is a huge player when it comes to helping improve your skin. People that practice intermittent fasting on a regular basis, and they definitely have the best skin. You'll see they age slower. 
right. you know, a lot less problems with acne. And, it, and that's because it, it gets that insulin level down, right? And when you get better insulin sensitivity, it's going to help balance your hormones, reduce inflammation in your system, help you detoxify more effectively and help you heal the gut lining like you were talking about. So yeah, really powerful mm -hmm. stuff there. Now let's talk about supplements. What are some of the top supplements? And I know you do like customized supplement plans, obviously, because you're a functional medicine doctor and you want to do precision mm -hmm. medicine, uh, right. you know, working specifically with people. But with that said, um, what would you say have been the, the best supplements that you've seen um, over the years help people uh, improve acne? Yeah, so I would say a good multi for yeah. sure. Um, and not just taking any multi, but looking at it, the label and making sure that it has uh, high levels of some of those nutrients that uh, I discussed in the book that are more um, correlated with acne, um, vitamin D for sure. Yeah. Um, especially during the winter months, a lot of times um, people have more acne in the winter, you know, right. due to vitamin D deficiency. Um, Omega-3s, again, mm -hmm. um, supplementing yep. those is a really good idea. Um, sometimes B vitamins, sometimes doing a B complex. Yeah can be a, a great thing. Antioxidants. So sometimes right. um, doing like a combination antioxidant formula can be really helpful for people. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm with you on all of those. I will tell you one that I really like. I also have a, uh, I have a history. I also developed skin cancer in my um, late 20s as well. Oh. And a supplement that I take on a regular basis that I feel like is so good just for skin health and reducing inflammation Okay, and I also mm -hmm. use intermittent fasting and ketogenic diet to, to heal naturally um, from that. But um, I love resveratrol. And so I take a oh, resveratrol-quercetin yeah. combination. It's kind of a high-dose resveratrol and quercetin. And mm -hmm. so good because, you know, you think about it, it's like comes from the outer, comes from the skin of the grape, right? And mm -hmm. so it's like anthocyanins also, you know, like the skin of the blueberry, right? Helping protect it mm -hmm. against radiation. It's kind of mm -hmm. almost like, you know, it's that, that law of similars, like like equals like, right? So it's like mm -hmm. the skin of some of these things have nutrients that can help benefit our skin. Yeah. And so those are actually in a lot of combination right. um, antioxidant formulas and even the EGCG from the green right. tea yep. that we were talking about. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yep. All really, really good stuff. So love those powerful nutrients, getting those in on a regular basis. Let's talk about I me. Mean, you have, you have uh, beautiful skin. So let's talk about oh, your, uh, you. and you're a busy doctor. And mm -hmm. uh, you also talked about in the book, how, when you were going through medical school, you had a lot of stress and, um, mm -hmm. you know, that was, you noticed the stress was triggering more acne. So mm -hmm. let's talk about two things. Let's talk about the impact of stress and how that can trigger more acne. And then let's talk about your routine, like what you're doing on a regular basis to keep your stress down, to, you know, optimize your health and keep your skin looking really good. Okay. Um, so we're starting with um, how stress can stress. trigger more. Yeah. yeah. So the impact of stress, you know, is so far reaching throughout the body. Um, and that's why it's so important to be aware of it and control it. Um, so stress, if we go back to even talking about gut health. So we've been talking about gut health and we've been talking about leaky gut. So everything we've talked about, I can relate to stress in yeah. some way, but we can start with the gut. So, you know, stress triggers leaky gut in a lot of people. Stress, um, it shifts the microbiome. So it triggers derangements in the microbiome. Stress, uh, it can cause nutrient deficiency because there's certain uh, uh, requirements that go up during times of stress. And so if you're not compensating for that, you can develop you know, more nutritional deficiencies and um, antioxidants, things like vitamin C, um, some of the B vitamins, even magnesium, which uh, helps with regulating blood sugar. Yeah. Um, so those things for sure. Um, stress, it can also um, trigger blood. It can also contribute to blood sugar um, dysregulation, you know, just in general. Um, yeah, it's interesting in the book okay, yeah. you talked about, like there was like a study 
-hmm. where they looked at medical students, I believe it was trying to find it in here. And um, they had higher amounts of acne, like during exam periods and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting. Right. Mm -hmm. So obviously, you know, we all know that stress can be a major factor, certainly can be a factor when it comes to, you know, acne and what's happening with your skin. So let's talk about Dr. Shana Peters daily routine, what you're doing on a regular basis. My daily routine. Um, so I'm a tea person. So I drink a lot of tea, um, green tea, white tea, both yeah. high in antioxidants. Um, I take my supplements. <laughs> Yep. Supplement every single day. Um, and I check my people don't think sometimes that I'm doing the same things that I'm recommending for them, but I check my vitamin levels at least once a year yep. to make sure that they're optimal. What supplements um, are you taking right now as we're doing this? What supplements like, am yeah. I taking right now? Like what nutrients, so, what what things are you taking? I am taking uh an omega three. So yeah. I take a combination one that yep. has um uh, omega three, six, and nine. Okay. Yeah. Um, I do vitamin D. Um, I do a multi, um, and I do an antioxidant. Yep. Yeah. Great balance mm -hmm. right there. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then are you doing three meals a day, two meals a day? What are you doing as far as your, your nutrition goes? So I do two, I do three meals, sometimes two and a half. So a lot of times breakfast is light for me. Sometimes I'll just have tea. Sometimes I'll just have something very light. Yeah. Um, and I try not to graze um, during the day. I admit I, it can be hard, especially, you know, um, when you're working from home and during the sure. lockdown and things <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, not grazing throughout the day, avoiding snacking and really trying to eat nutrient dense foods because mm. I noticed personally, you know, when you eat real food that's satisfying, um, that has that's nutrient dense, it's healthy, um, you don't need to snack, you know, yeah. you don't have that urge to snack as much. What are some of your favorite meals? Do you do like a, like a protein shake on a regular basis, a mm -hmm. big salad? What's kind of your typical? I'm a definitely a salad person. I yeah. love salads, and anyone that knows me, they're like, "You make it look so pretty." <laughs> <laughs> you get a lot. Get everything with the different colors: bell peppers in there, yeah. tomato. Yep, cucumbers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, I do like a lot of um, avocados. Mm, yeah. um, what else? Salmon. I'm a big yeah. salmon, a big fish person. Seafood. I love um, a lot of vegetables, um, cook different ways, steaming, roasting, yeah. raw vegetables, all those types of things. I like a lot of Mediterranean types of foods too, like olive, yeah. hummus, all that kind oh, of yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah, I love Mediterranean as well. I'm with you on that. Yeah, yeah. one of my favorites is we make this Mediterranean salad. I've got the recipe on my website, but mm -hmm. yeah, we've got black olives, artichokes in there, hearts of palm, cucumbers, uh, tomato. I think I'm missing something. Onions right in there. Mm -hmm. So good. Yeah. yeah. And then we put a Greek, we it. put the uh, primal, uh, primal brand greek dressing mm -hmm. it's got like um mm -hmm. uh, avocado oil base on that oh yeah yeah so good so yeah yeah so good yeah yeah now are you what are you doing for exercise when do you like to exercise is it in the morning midday when are you trying to get that in i like the idea of exercising in the morning it doesn't always happen for me yeah so it depends <laughs> on how my day went so sometimes i might try to get it in in the evening but yeah. i do work out a lot on the weekends i get a lot of yeah i try to make up for what do you weekend. like to do for working out so i love um walking i'm a huge mm -hmm. walker um jogging dancing so i'm a yep. big uh dance person and um zumba kickboxing types of things yeah yeah get that heart rate up mm-hmm yeah yeah good and i good. do some yoga too i do some yoga yeah absolutely now what are you doing to uh help keep stress under control because you know you yoga. and i both know doctors are some of the most stressed out people so mm -hmm. we definitely have to have daily practices to keep stress under control and then mm -hmm. what do you do to help optimize your sleep um so i 
for yoga, I've been doing that a lot more um, to help with the relaxation. And um, there's been some studies too that I've seen recently that it really um, activates that parasympathetic yeah, response. Sure. Yeah, yep. I like doing yoga, um, castor oil packs sometimes mm. at night are a good way to help you know, now, how are you relax. doing? The, how are you doing the castor oil? Are you putting it like on your liver? Are you putting it over your ovaries, your stomach? Where do you like to put, I put it? Put it over my stomach. Yeah, yeah. right. I put it yep. over my stomach, but you can put it over your liver as yeah. a way to help stimulate uh, detoxification. Yeah, it drains those bile ducts exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, and then you know, just setting boundaries. You know, sometimes yeah. you just have to set boundaries and. You know, at this time, no more work. Right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. It's hard to do when you're when you're a go getter, right? When you're a goal setter. Right. Yes. When you're writing it's a so book, hard. right? It's not, not easy. <laughs> not at all. Yep. And and then, are you a late night person? You like to sleep in, or or do you like to go to bed early? What's kind of your typical routine there? Um, probably somewhere in the middle. Okay. I'm not a night owl. Yeah. Um. I'm not like a super early riser, but I, I'm not that person that sleeps late. Yeah, either. for yeah. sure. What's your typical sleep schedule like? Usually like 10 to 6 or 11 to 7. Yeah, that's good. That's typically day. what I'm doing as well. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Usually 10 to 6 during the week and like 11 to 7 on the weekends. So yeah, it's good not to deviate. So a lot of people will go like two or three hours or like stay up two or three hours later on the weekends. And that can totally throw off your circadian rhythms. So you want to kind of keep yeah. it in that hour range. So I think mm-hmm. that's really good. Well, you know, this has been a really great interview. We've gone through so much and you also have a free gift. The first two chapters of your book, guys, you can go to, and we'll have the link in the show notes, but it's not just acne.com forward slash gifts and you get the first two chapters of her book uh she'll email those over to you so you can check that out and then if people are interested in working with you what's the best website for them to go to wellaheadchicago.com yeah and let's talk quickly about that what does that look like for somebody to work with you as far as kind of the process yeah, so we'll, we would rec- talk about some labs. So I like to get a lot of information in that um, initial appointment so I can yeah. have a better understanding of what they're going through and what their biggest concerns are. And then um, we'll talk about labs um, based on that. Um, and then once we get the labs in, then we do a, re- a review of findings and um, develop a plan to move forward and um how how we can correct those imbalances and how they can maintain things over the long term so um i'm really excited there's a lot of work we've been doing to help people a lot with the lifestyle piece and being able to maintain a lot of the um, lifestyle changes in a way that's doable (laughs) so good and it's important because acne obviously can be a huge thing for somebody's self-esteem without a Mm -hmm. doubt but Acne is really a reflection that there's problems going on inside, right? That you're at a much greater risk of chronic disease on the inside. And so if you're out there and you've tried nutrition changes, you've tried some of the things we've talked about, and yet you're not seeing changes with your skin, your acne, different things like that, you know, definitely reach out to, to Dr. Peter here because you definitely want the guidance. And, uh, you know, you can live or you can live free of acne. And also at the same time, by eliminating that, you're also going to uh, really dramatically reduce your risk of chronic disease and improve your overall health, your energy levels, your vitality. So this is a a key thing that you've got to look at and hiring an expert like Dr. Peter is a great idea. Now, last question, you know, one thing we didn't talk about was, um, was skincare. What do you, what do you do for your skin? Like as far as like topically, we talked all about being on everything on the inside, which is really the root cause of acne, but a lot of people are interested too, in what things they can do on the outside for their skin. What should they be looking at for like a good skincare routine? Yeah. So I, I actually have a chapter on that in the book as well. Um, so I'm a huge fan of people being on a good skincare regimen, um, that, that is um, suited for their skin type. So if people don't know mm. what their skin type is, we actually have a quiz on the website that can help them oh, to great. figure that out. Um, 
So that's key. That's going to be really key. So um, using products that are suited for your skin type, I'm a big fan. Even if you're young, using products that help to heal the skin barrier and have some anti-aging uh, benefits to them as well. Yeah. But um, your skincare routine, it doesn't have to be, you know, super complicated. <laughs> yeah. A cleanser, toner, um, moisturizer, you know, uh, sunscreen, something that has uh, anti-aging ingredients. You could do a serum. You might do like more serums in the winter time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, but every I'm a fan of people being on just a, a good skincare regimen all the time for sure. Yeah, and like all natural ingredients, you know, trying to yeah. like minimize toxins. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, clean, I guess that's the buzzword. Yeah, clean. Clean exactly. beauty. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, so important. So yeah, really great interview, great tips here. Any last words of inspiration for our audience? Yeah, I mean, it's doable. All of these things are doable. And I always want to encourage people struggling with acne, you know, not to be depressed about it. See, change how you see it, see it as an opportunity to optimize your health. And you can have, you know, clear skin and better health than you ever thought possible. Yeah, so good. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Dr. <laughs> Dr. Shano. We appreciate it. Guys, again, the book is It's Not Just Acne. You can find that on Amazon. And also, again, you can get her, for her free two chapters if you're interested in just checking it out, see if it's a good book for you. That is at itsnotjustacne.com forward slash gifts. So guys, check that out. Thanks again, Dr. Shana. We appreciate you and your time and your expertise. Guys, we'll see you on a future podcast. Be blessed, everybody. Well, that's all for this show. And I want to thank you again for spending your valuable time with me today. And if there was something you heard in this interview that you have questions on or you want to dive into deeper, then drjockers.com is the best place to go. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider taking just a quick moment and giving us a great review. Your reviews help us influence more people and transform more lives. And if you took something valuable away from this episode, then please share it with someone in your life you know it can help. We'll see you soon on a future podcast. Be blessed, everybody.